This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. Welcome to our A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be joined by A's Assistant General Manager, Billy Owens, who knows as much about the team's top prospects as just about anyone. We last spoke with him early in the season. We wanted to check back in with him now that the minor league season's getting ready to wrap up so that we can check in on the progress of some of the team's top prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Billy. Hey, Bill. It's great to be here. So now that we're getting near the end of the season, I, I wanted to talk with you about a few guys who've made some real progress over the course of the season and, and just get your takes on them. And there's a number of guys at AAA who, who really do seem to uh, have made a lot of progress this year. And I wanted to start out by asking you about Sheldon Noisy. Um, as you know, he struggled uh, much of the, the first season in AAA last year at Nashville. And it, it seems like he's just been hitting well almost all season long in Las Vegas this year, and it seems that as the season wears on, he just keeps getting better and just keeps getting stronger. So what kind of progress have you seen out of Sheldon Noisy over the course of this season? Yeah, now Sheldon came over here uh, and, and had a pretty good deal for us a couple of years ago. Uh, that's a deal that uh, we traded Sean Doolittle over to the Nationals, and we received uh, Blake Trine and Sheldon Noisy and Jesus Lazardo. And uh, Sheldon came in a guy that we saw from high school from the Dallas area. Uh, he went to University of Oklahoma where he was a shortstop, and he also closed for those guys in uh, 394, 95 off the mound in college. And um, we got him. He was fresh out of uh, Hagerstown um, as far as playing low A ball. He came straight to uh, high A. Uh, he uh, destroyed Stockton for us, probably about 100 at-bats. And then he finished strong in uh, Midland that year, and then they won the Texas League Championship. But with that being said, Sheldon only had about uh, less than 200 at-bats of, of double-A experience, and then um, he went to triple-A. So it really wasn't like he struggled in triple-A per se. It was more, you know, Nashville plays as a, as a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, Sheldon had a tightness plate discipline, and he only had 200 at-bats in double-A. So you couple that, and, and he's uh, with that experience last year, he started off slow. Uh, him and Eric Martins are a great hitting coach there uh, in AAA in Vegas. Uh, they really uh, they worked on some things, uh, just focusing on, on plate discipline, uh, hunting that fastball early in the count. And so we're seeing uh, the rewards uh, this year where Sheldon, I think he's got 25, 26 home runs. Uh, he's been well above 300 the whole year. 
And, and honestly, his strikeout-to-walk ratio, which even going back to college is, is something that he needed to work on. For a guy that has such a, a great hand-eye coordination, I really think he needed to tighten his uh, strike zone discipline. And so last year at AAA was a learning experience the first half of the season. But for you can tell how strong mentally uh, Sheldon was. I think he, he hit like 210 uh, the first half last year, and he finished up at, at 270, and he hit well above 300 from June 1st on last year. So uh, Sheldon's a, a great kid. He's you know type of guy, go back to my report uh, from, from his college days, uh, he's a guy that I guarantee was a quarterback in high school. He was a point guard on the basketball team. And so you see, and he was a shortstop in college. So you see all those multifaceted skills in him uh, adapting to second base pretty easily here in the last 10 days. Um, I'm sure he can go to the outfield uh, if need be. And he, he's a really, he's a plus defender. I mean, nobody's as good as uh, uh, our franchise guy, Matt Chapman at third base, but uh, Sheldon, as far as, defensively on a major league scale is a plus defensive third baseman in his own right. So um, it's, um, it's a great year for him. Uh, it's a stepping stone. He'll be a long-time major league player. And uh, Sheldon had, had uh, something to build on this year in Las Vegas. It's been really exciting to see. Yeah, you mentioned uh, him playing second base, and it's been interesting because he's clearly been getting more time at second base at Las Vegas uh, here late in the season. And the organizations obviously wanted him to see more time there. How do you feel about his abilities uh, at second base? And, uh, you know, what kind of skill set does he bring to the table in terms of uh, being able to play second base uh, going forward in the future? Yeah, I think he can be outstanding at second base. I mean, he's, they said he's a college shortstop. He's naturally a, a good third baseman. But the fact that he's got such a strong arm, they say he closed in college. I mean, I've clocked him up to 95 off the mound in college. So that bodes well for the double play. He's going to be able to pivot that uh, really well and show off that strong arm. Um, he's got a knack to, to really get that right hop. Uh, he's got very sure hands. It kind of along the lines of uh, Max Muncy, who played for us, and now he's a star for the Dodgers. Uh, Sheldon's body type, if, if you could be very deceptive, uh, he's a really good athlete. I mean, similar to Muncy, where the, these guys just they got a knack to play the game. They're a lot quicker than maybe their physical appearance initially suggests. But uh, Sheldon Noisy can be a, a very good second baseman. Well, another infielder there at Las Vegas who's made a lot of progress this year clearly is uh, shortstop Jorge Mateo. Uh, again, you know, he struggled a bit uh, at uh, um, Nashville in his first year at AAA last season. Uh, this year, he's, uh, you know, really uh, put up good numbers all year long. Seems like he has a, a bit of a different attitude out, out there on the diamond this year. Can you talk a little bit about the progress that you've seen out of uh, Jorge Mateo this season? Yeah, Jorge Mateo, he's an electric athlete. And same deal, we got him in a sunny great deal. Uh, I've seen Jorge since he's 14 years old. Um, he's always got that the game-changing speed. But he's never really had that plate discipline. And, and even this year... Uh, in, in Las Vegas, um, it, it's gotten better. It, it's definitely going to, you know, translate to the big leagues at some point. But he still has to tighten that part part of his game up. And so, yeah, he came over, same deal, double A, couple hundred at bats. Always had some plate discipline issues. And so last year was a learning experience in Triple A. Uh, but this year he came back, knew what to expect. You can see that his big league at bats in spring training were a lot more determined and focused. Uh, he swung at a, a lot better pitches. 
Uh, he carried over, and, and just uh, he uses athleticism and explosiveness. I mean, he's probably, you know, easily a top five uh, pure speed guy in, in all the minor leagues. Um, he leads uh, all the minor leagues in triples with 13 or 14. Uh, he's got like 17 home runs on the year. Um, so he's, he's slugging very well. Uh, the, the shortstop defense has been uh, superlative all year. Uh, he's got a, a strong throwing arm. And just that power-speed combination, uh, I believe two years ago in double-A, he was like one of only two guys in the minor leagues to uh, have double-figure home runs over 10 and steal over 50 bases. So uh, he's got that kind of explosiveness. I bet you he probably runs a 60, a, a 63 clip. I think he's got 20 uh, stolen bases on the year this year. And with the 14 triples and, and the 17-plus home runs, it's pretty uh, pretty loud skill set. I, mean, I think we got a glimpse of everybody saw that in the AAA All-Star game this year where he was literally flying around the bases. And so uh, he's going to be exciting to watch uh, in Oakland at some point. I mean, at the, the power, speed, and, and the defensive skill set is uh, awesome to see. And we still got to just work on that tight end that play discipline. Yeah, well, like you said, it's definitely fun to watch him uh, flying around the bases once he gets going. That, that's for sure. Uh, hopefully the uh, A's fans maybe will get a chance to get, get a look at that uh, th- this September if he makes it up at that point. Uh, another infielder I wanted to ask you about is Franklin Barreto. Um, you know, as we know, he's been a prospect in the A's system for a long time now. He's still only 23, though. Uh, he, you know, he was on an incredible tear at, at AAA this past June when the A's called him up. And then we know he, he struggled a bit when he got up to the major leagues. So I'm curious to know from your point of view, uh, you know, what's the key to success for, for Franklin? What does he need to do to be the, the kind of successful major league player and hitter that, that everyone would like to see him be? Well, for one, I mean, just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Fran Reardon, Eric Martins, Rick Rodriguez. Those guys do a tremendous job there in Vegas. And uh, uh, Franklin, uh, he just – you know, he's 23 years old, and just just the way that the system's set up, I mean, some guys, you know, we talked about it last time, ride that elevator, and, and some guys need that sustained at best before, you know, they really become relevant at the big league level. I think the emphasis this last time, um, yeah, like you said, he was ice cold to start the year, and then he got red hot to um, before he went to the big leagues, but... Honestly, I think those those wild streaks really aren't that good. I'm mean, just kind of looking at surveying things, and, and we talked about it with our great staff in AAA when we, uh, recently, is he can't go that hot and that cold and expect to go to the big leagues and just ha- have a steady game. I mean, so, you know, we're really working on it. I think since he's got, got sent down, his strikeouts have been cut down. Uh, strikeout percentage, his walk rate's up, he's making more hard, hard contact, he's actually moving around the diamond a little bit, playing some third base uh, down there in Vegas, but yeah, I mean, the talent's obvious, I mean, if I had to bet, you know, on Franklin being having a, a strong big league future, uh, I, I would definitely be bet the affirmative, but we're really working on accentuating, just have a steady game, this doesn't make any sense for a guy that talented to go down there, go 0 for 30 with 20 strikeouts and then go 40 for 80 with 10 homers and, you know, get his average up. And why why not have a happy medium? You can't just, you know, 
necessarily just go one for three every day at the walk or something like that. But you can, with that kind of, you know, a taste of the big leagues, you know, just have steadier, steadier games. And so I think, you know, he's emphasizing that with our great staff in AAA right now. And, um, and hopefully at some point we'll see the fruits of our labor because Franklin Barreto will be a good major league player for an extended period of time. Yeah, he definitely has been a little streaky, both hot and cold. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, consistency would be um, a key to the game for him. Let me ask you about one last hitter at Las Vegas, um, and that's Sean Murphy. Uh, obviously, we would have loved to see him on the field much more this season. But when he's been on the field, he, he certainly made an impression. He, you know, it seems like he's really been hitting the ball with a lot of authority when, when he has been healthy and been on the field this season. What kind of uh, progress have you seen out of Sean Murphy, and what are your expect, expectations for him going forward? Yeah, honestly, I mean, my expectations for Murphy are, I mean, about as high a ceiling as you could imagine. And I think, honestly, uh, I think he's a franchise, you know, type catcher. I mean, we look at, you know, our cornerstone guys and Chapman and Olsen. Uh, Sean Murphy has that kind of talent level behind the plate. There, there's no better uh, catching prospect in the minor leagues than Sean Murphy. Uh, his arm is a top shelf uh, major league. Um, so an arm, I mean, Chapman's the Spalding guy, the Jerry West deal, the logo. But after that, I mean, Sean Murphy from behind the plate, I mean, his, his arm is, is ridiculously good. It's a bazooka. Uh, the quickness, the athleticism, uh, his hands are, are extraordinary. And, and saying that, I mean, it was just kind of funny. I always I keep on reading sometimes about how he's not a, a great offensive player, but he's always hit for us. And he's never really – he's always had a low strikeout percentage for a guy that's such a big guy. So, I mean, those – that combination in itself bodes well for his future as far as being a, you know, he's got a chance to be, a, I mean, his ceiling is enormous. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's hard to be that kind of hyperbole, and I just want him to get through this and, and be healthy, and so it's hard to put a timetable. But if you're talking about a, another cornerstone, a franchise-type catcher, uh, Sean Murphy can be that. Yeah, there just aren't that many catchers these days that have the uh, the abilities both uh, at the plate and behind the plate that he does. It's increasingly rare, it seems. And uh, I'm sure if he'd stayed healthy, we, we would have been seeing him in Oakland at, at this point in the season. So like you said, let's just hope he can stay healthy and, and get on the field uh, for the A's sometime in the near future. Uh, there's also a couple of pitchers. Big name pitchers working their way back at Las Vegas. I just wanted to get your take on where you feel they're at, and and you know uh, uh, how much they may be able to contribute uh, to to the A's going forward. And that's Sean Manaya and Jesus Lazardo. Of course, Manaya has a well known track record already in the big leagues. Lazardo looked like he was on the verge of, of breaking through and and being an impact player in the big leagues before he got hurt. Uh, this year, um, they're both pitching at, at Las Vegas now, working their way back. Uh, what are you seeing out of both those guys? Where do you feel they're at at this stage of the game? Uh, I got two guys. I mean, Shamanea, I mean, through a no-hitter against Boston, pretty much been our ace in the big leagues uh, of the last two years, 2017, 2018. Um, I personally saw his 10-strikeout uh, game in Omaha. Uh, I think that was like, within the last two weeks. Uh, the velocity was 88-91. He touched 92. 
And the off-speed stuff was really good that day. I mean, he toyed with the, uh, the AAA hitters that day. Uh, the breaking ball was crisp. Uh, the changeup had fade. Uh, Sean's always had somewhat of a deceptive delivery. And so his fastball plays up a tick. And, and that day at Omaha, you know, anytime he wanted to with two strikes, he could elevate that fastball uh, almost uh, chest high, and, and they swung right through it. So it's just a matter of him, uh, you know, keep on repeating what, what he's doing. Uh, maybe he doesn't have that explosive 94-, 95-mile-an-hour fastball that he had initially when he got to the big leagues with us. But um, 88-92 uh, is plenty good enough. So just, you know, he, he's on par to start again this week in uh, Vegas. And um, he, he's looking, getting closer and closer uh, to be a viable option for us because uh, he's got moxie, he's got poise. Uh, he's one of our leaders up there in Oakland, a uh, tremendous personality guy, um, just just a, a great kid. And his parents parents are definitely uh, – should be proud. So now he'll be uh he'll be fine going forward, and they say we probably won't see that ninety four ninety five, but we'll see a really good pitcher in an eighty eight ninety two range that can move the ball around. And Jesus Lazardo, uh, I mean he's, I mean we've we've read the articles on him, <laughs> and uh, Samson High School. I mean it's the comp is realistically Johan Santana. I mean this guy is he's poised. Uh, the fan, it, it's actually, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. I mean, he's been throwing the ball up to 98, 99 miles an hour, where before uh, the last couple of years, it's been more that 94, 96 range, you know, both sides of the play. But just through diligence, through, you know, becoming, you know, close to 21 years old, and I got stronger and he's throwing a little bit harder. So, <laughs> and honestly, I don't think he needs that. He just needs to uh, channel that ball both sides of the play, uh, use his off-speed pitches, uh, the devastating changeup, the really good breaking ball, and just keep on, you know, keeping that tremendous poise that he has and not trying to do too much. So, yeah, we don't need to see 99, I mean, 94, 95 with him and maybe reaching back every now and then for that inside fastball above 95 would be plenty good enough for him, for Jesus to be – he's going to be an ace. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable saying uh, that Jesus Lazardo will receive a Cy Young vote in the next three years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, certainly with what we've seen out of him, that's uh, certainly not, you know, hyperbole at, the, at this point to have that sort of expectation about him. And it'd certainly be great to see he and Manaya both in the green and gold anyway, whenever it is that they get there. Uh, let me ask you about a couple other interesting pitchers. Uh, who've been making their way back at the AA Midland as well. Actually, there's a trio of them down there. Of course, uh, James Caprillion, very high profile, coming back from Tommy John after two and a half years of missing real game action. And we've got Grant Holmes, who uh, missed most of last season with shoulder issues, and he's certainly been coming on strong lately. He's been throwing really well of late. And then um, Dalton Jeffries, who was also coming back from uh, Tommy John a couple years ago and uh, got up to about uh, uh, 79, 80 innings before just going on the uh, IL recently. Uh, can you just talk about a little bit about that trio of pitchers and, uh, and you know, what you're foreseeing for them going forward into the future? Yeah, that's no, been an exciting year. I mean, first off, Grant Holmes, he's working on like a 20-inning a scoreless streak down there in Midland. Uh, he's 23 years old himself, uh, probably the most unique uh, <laughs> hairdo in the game, a great <laughs> kid. 
Uh, he's smart. He's poised. Tremendous teammate. Uh, hard worker. Uh, the, the staff, coaching staff, and training staff, and his teammates can't say enough good things about him. And, and honestly, uh, the kid of he's making his case now. I mean, when he came over here, first round pick, uh, he pitched pretty well. I think he led the Texas League in strikeouts two years ago, but his ERA was still, you know, in that four or five ish range. And he'd have kind of that, you know, he'd be inconsistent. I mean, you'd flash that real good stuff. And other times the, the velocity would trickle down and he would kind of, you know, labor through it. Where this year, I think he, um, he used the, the time off to get more flexible. Uh, his delivery is a lot more cohesive. He's in sync. It's fluid. And um, you're, you're seeing the results. He, he's throwing the ball to both sides of the plate. He's uh, touching 96. The breaking ball is a lot more of a weapon than, than it has been in the past. Uh, the, the power change has always been pretty good for him. He's got true separation and some dive bomb action. And so now Grant Holmes, 23, uh, he's on his way. I mean, if, if, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that we have a lot of talented folks and we have some um, guys with more major league experience, he's definitely making his case to move up. And uh, James Caprillion, um, this guy, you, you think uh, when Caprillion is healthy, um, I think Jake Arietta. Just look at the physicality. It's almost like they both look like more middle linebackers and pitchers. And, you know, he missed the two years. And, you know, he, he showed us that great stuff of some in that fall league start where he was scintillating. Uh, he led the Pac-12 in strikeouts coming out of the draft. And, and now we're seeing it. He's, his velocity is is trickling up to, is up to 95, 96 the last outing. He'll touch that. He'll more, you know, he'll pitch in that 91, 93 area, but the the command is really good. I mean, this kid can hit both sides of the plate. He's got touch. He's got sequencing. He has a great feel on the mound. Uh, he can, you know, survey the hitters and understand their weaknesses. And so even like when his stuff wasn't great initially coming off this rehab deal, you can see the pitchability, and now you can see him gaining that confidence it seems like the velocity picks up, the strikeouts have, you know, they go from three to four to five to six. The walk rate is, is really low. So, yeah, this kid, you know, he might be that, that area to, to comp in the big leagues at some point. If he can just, you know, build on what he did this year and um, going forward towards next year, I mean, you got a chance that, you know, all bets are off as far as what his ceiling could be. And uh, Dalton Jeffries, same deal. I mean, he's probably probably one of our five to ten best athletes in the entire system. I'd probably easily say top five. I mean, this, this guy's a tremendous athlete. Uh, he'll, his fastball will hit that 95, 96 range. Uh, his his uh, second best secondary pitch is a swing, Bugs Bunny swing miss changeup. That's uh, it's a power change, a true swing miss pitch. He's got a, a solid uh, breaking ball and a slider, and he just throws strikes, man. I mean, that, that strikeout-to-walk ratio, um, it's got to be top five or ten in, in the minor minor leagues. I mean, he's had a ton of games with no walks and a handful of strikeouts. You know, been an abbreviated um, as far as time on the mound, you know, three or four inning stints, but I think it's pretty obvious what the talent is now. So for him to miss that time, the two years, 
come back, pretty much spent a half a year in the Texas League, boasts a three ERA with a great walk to strike at the walk ratio. And so uh, that trio right there, um, it's easy to envision those guys in, in the 510 at some point in the next year. Yeah, it's certainly good to certainly when you see guys coming back from injury, showing the command that they have, like with Caprillion and Jeffries in particular. And, you know, I mean, Jeffries basically is walking, walking a guy a month, you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll yeah, walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. So it's great to see he's still got that kind of command. All right. Let's wrap up with a couple of, of guys at Stockton, a couple of your most high profile Outfield prospects are, are young guys at Stockton. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, that's Austin Beck and Lazaro Armenteros, uh, two very high-profile guys everyone's got their eyes on. They're both still very young. Can you just talk a little bit about what you've seen out of them at high A this year, what kind of progress you've seen them make, and, and what kind of things you think these guys uh, still need to work on to, to be successful at the next level? Yeah, honestly, it's kind of a – I wouldn't say it's similar to what Noisy Noisy went through. You're talking about um, Mateo as far as them, them going to AAA. You know, they only had a couple hundred at-bats in AA, and they had some issues going forward before 2018 that they were able to um, accentuate and harness. But, you know, Austin Beck, he came off the Midwest League. He led the league in hits. He had 290. His, his home run numbers were low. And I just had that premonition that he would he would read the press clippings and um, he would you know worry about the fact that he didn't hit home runs the whole year last year. He would try to elevate the ball more to hit home runs, and sure enough, you know that's what happened. I mean, <laughs> you, you get excited and you know he's popping a couple homers here and there, but end of the day, you got to touch the baseball first, and so. His strikeout rate, you know, compared to, uh, you know, man, Wesley's tough to league to hit in for a teenager, and his strikeout rate is is astronomically higher this year. And, and I think it's just more of um, his thought process. You know, he was trying to, to hit homers this year versus trying to hit the first half. He's had a malady of injuries uh, in the last two months. You know, it's kind of you know held him back. But the talent's there. I mean, he's just got to, you know, find a happy medium. And definitely, I think you hit your home runs, you know, in the major leagues or at the higher levels. You don't need to force the issue and hit home runs uh, in a ball when you're when you're 20 years old. So right. uh, it's learning experience. And so still believe in the talent. He was a top 10 overall pick. Um, the bat speed, the power, uh, the arm strength, uh, the defense are all intact. And he's got to finish strong this year. And you know, just have a normal offseason, work on having a, a strong approach, not trying to do too much, and hopefully um, we'll have to, you know, see that turnaround like we saw with Mateo and Noisy. Uh, Lazarito, same deal. I mean, he's he's 20 years old. He believe he's got 200 strikeouts in the California League, but he's also got like 70-plus walks, so he's, he's like top three in both categories right. and you know the body, the body type and the, the power potential and the pure speed are off the charts. Uh, solid defender, but it's, it's left field. Um, so well, like we talked about, he's a three outcome guy. He's got a chance to, you know, 
hit 240 to 250, get on base a lot because he's going to you know, be dangerous, walk 70 to 100 times, and he's going to always have those strikeouts. I mean, if you look, maybe, maybe um, I'm trying to think of the big leaguer. Uh, he don't have the arm strength, obviously, is, is like a Jorge Soler, but probably, you know, both Cubans, probably a similar game, though, as far as uh, the, the powers off the charts. Um, actually, Lazarito is going to have that patience at the plate where especially when he's, you know, when he's the same age as the league, I mean, him being 19, 20, the youngest player in the California league, um, th- that inexperience is, is got exposed a little bit, but he still got to, you know, like the fact that he's still going to have 20 home runs this year and he's going to walk 80 times. And so those positives right there for a kid that's 20 years old with that kind of body, that kind of physicality and, and that, the pure speed with a chance to steal 15, 20 bases as well. Uh, still optimistic on Austin Beck and Lazarito going forward, but they definitely had some challenges going forward into uh, 2000. Uh, 2020 that have to be addressed. Right. Well, before we go, one guy at Stockton, I did want to very quickly just just get your take on who was such a, a good story before he got injured was uh, shortstop Nick Allen. You know, he always had such a reputation as, you know, a, a, a glove guy, a great defender. But but, you know, maybe you wouldn't do too much with the bat. And, you know, the first half of the season when he was in the lineup for Stockton, he was one of their best hitters. I think he was leading the team in extra base hits when he went on the uh, the I.L., so I, I'm just curious to your your reaction to what Nick Allen was able to do before before the injury this season. Yeah, Nick Allen. I mean, I just read the Baseball America poll. They they polled uh, scouts, executives, and managers throughout the game, and they had a Gold Glove award for everybody playing in the minor leagues. And Nick Allen was voted the Gold Glove uh, shortstop for the, for all of the minor leagues, right? Not just the California <laughs> league. I mean, there's. The defense is um, it's special. I mean, it is it's uh, it's consistent and it's spectacular and it's rangy. I mean, it's definitely all three. It's fun to watch. He's going to be a pitcher's best friend throughout his career. Uh, and the hitting, if you go back to his Midwest league, if you take. I think he tried to be a little too big his his first half of the year. You know, he he read and, and heard the same things. And probably went outside the zone more than he should have. And if you look at where really June first on, I think he hit two seventy, two eighty Midwest League. And the first hand he this year in the California League, you know, three hundred and twenty eight at bats, he um he hit two ninety two, he walked twenty eight, he struck out fifty two. I mean that's that's pretty strong. And it's the same thing, his walk rate's up to nine percent, the strikeout rate's down just a little bit, but it's been consistent in that sixteen percent range. And so for a kid that's 20 years old, one of the younger players in the California League, to get that kind of a claim to be voted by your peers, coaches, managers, executives as the best shortstop playing in the minor leagues and to have that kind of skill set, you know, he had 328 plate appearances and 288 at-bats. For him to hit 292 with a 363 OBP and a 434 slug, in a league where he's one of the younger players in the league. Uh, Nick Allen, without a doubt, is one of our uh, top five or six prospects uh, in the game. And that includes Puck and that includes Lizardo, that includes Murphy. Um, he, he's right there. I mean, Nick Allen is uh, 
you got a chance to be a, an above average major league player if he just keeps on doing his doing going forward. Yeah, well, we definitely expected him to impress in the field with the glove, but uh, you know what he was able to do at the plate this year definitely uh, put him into it. Put him into another category uh, once once he showed those abilities as well. Great, it's it's terrific talking with you, Billy. It's always good checking in with you and getting your take on uh, some of the A's top prospects. So thanks a lot for taking the time out to talk with us again today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Bill. Uh, definitely look forward to. You know, uh, enjoy the podcast, and I look forward to, you know, seeing all your stuff. Uh, you, you definitely, um, you, you're thorough in your process, and you get a good take on as far as um, all the athletics in the minor league. I appreciate it. Great. Well, thanks again for taking time out to talk to us, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Sounds good, Bill. Take care. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 